Hey everyone, and welcome to the 25th installment of the weekly catch up podcast. It is Wednesday, March 25th, and it's our 25th episode. Mm. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B Rad Colvin. That'd be me. 25, buddy. Woo! 25, man. What's the what's the anniversary stone for 25? Silver. <laughs> is it really? It is. Oh, did you just Google that? Like, <laughs> like five minutes ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, we have a lot to get into. We're going to mix a little bit more of everyday happenings in life amid all this coronavirus controversy and quarantines. We we are not sheltering in place because we're podcasting people. Mm, we're part of the problem. All right. So you ready to continue being part of the problem? Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. Twenty-five sitting on twenty-five, Mister B. Ren, mm. what's up? How you feel? How you feel? How you feel? I was uh, crunching the metrics earlier because I was thinking, oh, is this the episode where we eclipse the two days of content mark? But nope, nope, no. We'll net out about forty-three hours after this, though. Which is okay. we're like a work week plus three. Mm. So speaking of bad. work weeks, how's all the tots and thoughts out there doing <laughs> with home quarantine? Hope you're not getting beaten all this. Additional domestic violence that we're seeing. Yeah, man. Divorce <laughs> rates are up. <laughs> I saw two lesbians break up on the stairs the other day, and these girls were oh, attractive. Wow. So I was like, don't take her back. Yeah, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of custody battles back in <laughs> <Yeah>. December. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, uh, I saw somebody tweet the other day that out of these depressions come little boomers nine months mm -hmm. later because mm -hmm. everybody's quarantined. But I think right. that was like the first week of quarantine. But now that we're going on... <laughs> almost double digit days i think that you know they're kind of over it i think that the love making has quit and the going for the butcher knife has commenced in mm. certain areas that technically i saw a news report that child protective services have been called less frequently um since school let out but then they also said that the number one reporter to CPS is technically teachers, so that would make sense. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure if that statistic is related, but hmm. um, yeah, just real quick. I was one of the bad people that went into the office every day last week and uh, played another 36 holes this weekend, <laughs> including one with a couple of guys. So shout out to those guys. We bumped elbows. But this week I have been uh, locked down more so. Yeah. I've just finished my third remote day from the home office, which... We'll get into that later, but give us the update. You were going to update us on your Monday meeting where you were just going to figure everything yeah, out, right? Man. So it's been an interesting week for me. I've also been, you know, self-isolating unless I'm up at the school. Uh, on Monday, I got together with our school staff. All of our students uh, were told to stay home and we began our plan for distance learning. And so that meeting really consisted of one of my fellow coworkers like giving tutorials for some of our older coworkers and just like how to run um, like the Zoom program 
and uh, you know, like screen, <laughs> like screen sharing. Different. This is how you shout. <laughs> <laughs> this is what? Nothing. Okay. You said distance learning. I'm like. <laughs> One plus one. <laughs> Still two. <laughs> no. Um, but, okay. So like for me on Monday and Tuesday, I was uh, in my classroom and I was online on Google Classroom uh, throughout the day. And I had just posted some material online for my students. I gave them some PDFs and some discussion questions to answer. And I told them to come prepared. Uh, for Wednesday, because today we began our actual discussions on Zoom. And so all of my students came prepared. They had already written down, you know, their responses to certain discussion questions that I had. And then, uh, you know, we briefly talked some more. And then I gave them like a writing prompt. And the beautiful thing about Zoom is that, you know, if we're in a classroom, I can't actually <laughs> get a student to shut up you know like zoom i can mute them <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> yeah i have one student that's just like running his mouth on this zoom thing and i just mute him and uh the rest of us you know continue talking and uh it, it was actually pretty funny um and so we had a good laugh at that and was he talking to somebody in his physical location or no he was talking to like our okay. other classmates i'm like trying to distract them just like he always does it's in like, class this is one line bro yeah like exactly. in a room yeah like you can't whisper like we all we all hear it <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot it sounds yeah. like he needs to go back to some remedial stuff anyway <sighs> well he's a here's how sound works kids yeah i don't know anyway i'm not gonna try to roast him too much but uh well, let me try. <laughs> <laughs> I will say he's a senior in some of my sophomore classes. So, all right, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. Get, got it. <laughs> okay. Um, this isn't his first time to yeah, have, have to go to weird school. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. We got to crack jokes, and you know, some of the students just caught me up on on what they've uh, been up to. And man, it's like Zoom works for jokes and conversations and stuff. Yeah. Like two-way communication? Yeah, it was great. Okay. Well, more like 20-way. So had you had a relationship with Zoom prior to this? I had used it for an interview. Like whenever I got hired in Maryland, I used Zoom for like for that interview. Right on. Um, yeah, but that's... I had never been like the facilitator. Oh, okay. I actually just got my first like paid account on Zoom mm -hmm. uh, last year. Nice. Like late last year when I started Appreciate. Um, I used... I still use Google Hangouts a lot too, or Google Meet, whatever it's called, because my HubSpot uh, meetings link page generates, like it does everything for me where I just send you a an automated email and essentially say like, please check out my calendar and book something and then you can go in, you can book it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Calendly, it, it, it's not Calendly, but it's something like that. Nice. Um, and it automatically generates my first meetings through Google Hangouts, but then from then on out, I'm always just going to my own personal meeting room within Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I love Zoom. I think it's better quality. Um, I think that there's an image in, in software sales for sure. It, it's part of an overall image. I feel like whatever link you get from like a, a sales rep trying to sell you something mm -hmm. like we went through a, a process recently where we were sourcing some software and looking at different things. And we talked to one vendor who was the global market leader in everything. Yeah. So fill in the blank and they just sent us a bunch of google hangout links and like weren't even hmm. they weren't even like live on the call they were um they didn't have their screen on or oh, their camera lame. on and 
you know, I, I definitely agree. Our mentality is, you know, camera on mm-hmm. and this is a real meeting. Like, yeah. So we're going to come in and we're not going to be like, okay, go to sell one. It's like, you know, we spend five to 10 minutes rapport building, you know, key wins, segues at the beginning of each meeting. Mm-hmm. And even if we just got off a, a marketing meeting today and it was like, you know, we had casual conversation at the top, you know, how's everyone doing? Okay. You know, and I'm always wanting to report back on all the stuff that I'm working on. So I'm yeah. less great about the personal stuff, but, um, shout out to Andrew. It's his birthday today. Shout out. Um, he, man, he's just swamped dude. He's, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I won't comment on too much, but uh, his brother has coronavirus and oh. was actually admitted into the hospital. He wasn't admitted to the hospital last night, but they ambulanced him to the ER. It sounds like in New York. He's at the epicenter. Wow. Um. So, yeah, just trying time for a lot of people out there. It, it's pretty insane because I was talking to my friend Stacy, who lives in Baltimore. Shout out, mm-hmm. Stacy. Um. You know her. Of course. Of course. Love Stacy. I love that picture of all of us at Inner Harbor. Yeah, man. I always see that and I'm like, whoa, like what a different time and place. And that yeah. day was just incredible. Yeah, it was a wonderful day. <laughs> it was a wild day. <laughs> but I was talking to her and she was very, she was like, I've got a feeling, Carson. Like she's like, I've, I feel it in my bones that closer to us than you think people are going to drop. Like whether it's, she was like my parents, your parents, somebody's loved one or somebody, you know, I would say freakishly 18 to 50 year old range. But Mm -hmm. I think that even from the last time that we broadcasted or podcasted, I think that the realization has been that the 18 to 50 year olds are in much more dire danger than we originally thought. Yes. Is that what you've seen as well? Yeah, definitely. I see a lot of the hospital hospitalizations and ventilator situations and yeah man you have olympic athletes that are you know young olympic athletes that are that are dealing with it and it's really throwing them for a loop and they said this is the most difficult thing they've ever been through i mean obviously it's a terrible virus but um just to hear that you know a lot of uh a lot of the younger folk are going through it and it's it's uh depend i don't know it just seems to pick and choose like who, you Completely. know, cause some people have it being, you know, no symptoms. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and it's real. They're just a carrier. Like, yeah. It's really hard to gauge like, you know, anybody is susceptible to it. So it's definitely been an interesting, uh, interesting thing to watch, but yeah, back to teaching. Um, you were kind of talking about how instead of just jumping into a cell, like, you know, you're going to have discussion, everything like I had students that would log in, but they would have their video off or, their camera pointed to the ceiling because they didn't want to be viewed. And I'm like, we see your ugly mug like every day in the classroom, man. Like turn your video back on. And uh, like, I, I can't control if they're, you know, uh, have the, if they have their phone outside of view from the camera screen, but I can at least make sure that, you know, they're, they're as present as, as I can ensure. Um, so that was like, an, that was pretty interesting. It goes to the presence situation though, like yeah. in school or in business. And yeah, I, like I say that, here. I've been on Google Hangouts in years past at previous positions where I was not camera on and I would go on mute if I wasn't speaking and especially if I wasn't the leader of the call, like I just Mm -hmm. was not engaged like I should have been. And when you're on camera, first of all, it definitely gives you a sense of normalcy. Like I think in in my previous posts, I've demoed when I've done heavy demo sales like this, like Mm -hmm. in former roles, it was more developer centric where it didn't 
it was just kind of like, get, send me the docs. Like, let's talk through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was on a couch, like with scroungy hair mm-hmm. type deal. But in my current position, you know, even even all the clients that I'm having conversations with now that are taking calls from home, like we're all on camera. Everybody's professional, you know, waist up type deal. Cause yeah. a lot of these people don't really know how to work from home, but I do like having been in the office for the last four or five months prior to this. Cause I was concerned about work from home and just, <laughs> you know, like I was concerned that I wouldn't be as dialed in if I wasn't in the office yeah. and I, I get energy from having to get up, put pants on, do my hair and like, be seen by people yeah and granted i've had we've had extremely busy days here in this coronavirus outbreak with with my job like we have so many inbounds uh people are just looking for people are looking for ways to maintain at a minimum or provide an uptick in engagement for a workforce that is used to water cooler kudos of sorts like yeah i gotta boost that morale you're used to that quick email like hey brad great job and maybe the principal is cc'd or you're used to going to the bathroom, running into the principal. Hey, man, th- that service that you led earlier was awesome. You yeah. know, just little things like that that you can't replicate now. And the five minutes at the outset of a Zoom call with your remote team isn't sufficient mm-hmm. to provide engagement and like a sense of belonging and all yeah. these different things that, you know, we say that um, our apps help you provide, help you foster in your culture. So that's cool. I don't want to get too much into work, but we've had some really exciting like clients come across. Yeah, he has. Yeah, I mean, just like big global brands, very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, you Th- know, they'll remain nameless for now. Yeah, I guess that's appropriate, though. Yeah, I we were talking, but was, they're they're huge guys. <laughs> <laughs> he told me earlier, and honestly, like that that's no, they're ama- it's amazing, dude. I'm having to bite my tongue, but yeah. at the same time, I'm uh, really excited for you. What I was thinking about is like. I should never discuss anybody that's in an active deal stage ever. That would be totally inappropriate. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's bottom line is that it's been one of our biggest inbound weeks since like the first of the year when everybody gets their engagement survey results back from the year prior where recognition always scores low or lower than you want it to. So um, some people... I've talked to other people, marketers that were marketing products, services, locations, you know, promos. They're now just marketing to internal audiences to try to like maintain some level yeah. of engagement. Um, others are just kind of like on hiatus. If if you have a corporate job and really if you're in that position, in some ways, that's who I'm most scared for are, you know, all the restaurant workers lost their jobs, essentially all service mm-hmm. workers. Now, granted, a lot of those people are going to go to Grubhub and Walmart and all these different places that are just hiring in droves right now. Like I saw, was it Grubhub or one of those was hiring 300,000 contract oh, wow. drivers? I didn't see that, um, which was just insane to me. But um, yeah, if you're on hiatus, it's like those are the people that could be could be lopped off as budgets get diminished and or shrunk or. Mm-hmm. Uh, diminished and shrunk are the same thing. <laughs> um, cut, reallocated is what I was looking for, like re reappropriated, taken from this bucket and put in that. But yeah, we're my work from home. This isn't a vacation at all. Like I'm probably working harder than I ever have been yeah, there right. in some ways. And you were talking to earlier about like, oh, your abbreviated teaching schedule doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll explain how it has been abbreviated. So we've cut out our elective classes, like, you know, 
uh, stained glass or auto mech or home mech. Um, and we're just doing the core classes. So instead of having my sixth period at two o'clock, I'm now having it at 1130 and my last class ends at 1230. Um, but because we've moved to online, like I've just been doing a lot more prep work. Um, I kind of completely threw out what I had planned this month for one of my classes and I'm doing something entirely new because what I was wanting to do would not have worked for like distance education. Um, so I've completely thrown that out. I've also had a lot more parent engagement, like, like, <laughs> okay, to put it into perspective, since I started here at this school this year, I've gotten two emails total from parents, like just two. And this week alone, I've gotten like probably 20. Um, and then these are high school students. So a lot of them, you know, they ask their own questions. So I've definitely gotten a lot more emails and texts and what have you from students trying to figure out what's going on. Because whenever we went in to school on Monday, like the students really didn't know what was going on because we hadn't form formulated a plan. We had been on spring break and um, we had teachers you know that had gone out on that mission trip and they actually had to come back like three or four days earlier luckily they were able to come back um but yeah so it's just been a lot more work and and just you know assuring that assuring the parents that you know we're still moving forward and um and that we we have it under control for the students and we're going to continue on with our lesson plans so it's been a little nerve-wracking but it's kind of been fun too that's a, a sentiment that I've tried to articulate to certain people over the last couple of years. Like, if you're used to a situation where, yes, you're tied in, like you have a work email address, you have, mm -hmm. you've called your principal before, you've gotten texts from coworkers or students, like you're digitally tied in. But at the same time, like there is a general understanding, like school starts at this time. Yeah. You know, I'm imagining that your principal doesn't talk to you in the morning prior to you arriving on campus. N not not this week no like there's not there's not a queue of tasks that could have cropped up overnight for you yeah. that are outside of your lesson plans right. unless it's like a student got sick or like a makeup thing like but it, generally you know it's going to happen that week you go in and execute it and the majority of your involvement and uh conversation and planning and all of this is more in person yeah um or hand submitted person to person and over the last like four or five years, really, maybe even longer than that, really, my whole life has been transitioning between 15 different communication apps on my phone <laughs> to 38 different communication apps on my laptop. You know, oh, I, I've literally transitioned multiple meetings this week from one video platform to the other based yeah. on what we were doing. Like, oh, discovery call went well. Well, mm -hmm. let's go into the demo, but I don't want to do that on this. I want to send you to Zoom. So I'm chatting people video links from video platforms <laughs> that we're currently meeting in. Yeah. And I'm my phone is wired to a CRM. I'm clicking to call out of a browser. I'm calling out of my cell phone. Sometimes my AirPods are wired to the computer because I've just done a demo on Zoom and then the boss is calling on my iPhone and I want to re-navigate over there. Like it is a constant technological chase your tail, crazy situation. And I could get a text at any moment that could spring me into a series of actions to jump on a hot lead. And that's my life. And I think it breeds for me personally, like I want digitally dead zones. Like 
That's why I like to golf on the weekend or whenever I can, because I love to put it on do not disturb. Mm -hmm. Like this is my perfect day going out golfing alone or with another golfer that I'm, you know, good with in that situation. Put the phone on do not disturb. I don't even want you to play music out of the the cart. You know, like I want to hear the wind, the birds. I want to wait for the clack of that ball against the club. Just be quiet. Like don't even yell. Mm -hmm. Just be still, be calm. I really crave that. And it, the minute I get any element of it, I end up saturating myself. The minute I get to the hotel or whatever, or if I'm out in the mountains or something, I'm like, what, what, what's happening in the world? Where's CNN? Where are my push notifications? But yeah. I got to tell you, it, it drains me in many ways. Like I woke up this morning and I had a text message about an urgent lead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was system generated, but it was from 26 minutes prior to me waking up. So like I wake up to things that have gotten to the point of a text. Yeah. Like that's that that's another thing. No company really establishes priority ladders for like which applications they hit you up in. Like it's like if you hit me up by email, I get to email you back when I email you back. But if mm-hmm. I hit you up in Slack, is the sense of urgency higher? Mm. If I text or call you, like is that on the table? Cuz I'll notice that Different people in business will use different communication apps based on the day. So sometimes they might, whereas they would Slack you, maybe they'll email you if it's a weekend, Mm, like tone down the urgency some. Right. But bottom line, you're receiving inbound communication, both from real people and system generated seven days a week. And somebody is always up using your product. And I got to tell you, it's, like draining these are the times when it's like i would love to be a janitor that swept the gym good and you know i can hang my hat on that and i can go home and when i'm home i'm home you know for real but at the same time you got to be a janitor bro yeah (laughs) yeah that ain't you and me man yeah i know i I don't clock out when i clock out man no i mean and we never will i mean it Dude, I mean, for me, it's just the frustrations of like having to answer the same questions over and over because I deal with bonehead kids that that aren't paying attention to the posts that I'm posting. So like, you know, on Monday, this is our first, you know, session. And I'm like, okay, you need to log in at this time and I need to make sure that you're logged in. And they're like, well, what time do we have to log in? I'm like, well, look at the post that I just posted. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to be reading this book. I provided a link to a free PDF, so you don't even have to pay for it. I even put uh, free in caps lock, and somebody's like, I don't own this book. Am I going to have to pay for it? And I'm like, okay, this, like, I'm already having to juggle, like, this new thing. I, it's, so it's really frustrating whenever I have to deal with, you know, certain kids that aren't paying attention or following instructions or reading what I'm posting. I'm like, I'm not typing this for my sake like i'm trying to help you out and let you know what to do and so uh that's been probably the most frustrating part on my end is like jumping through hoops and getting all this done just for students to be like uh what um yeah yeah i I totally see that i mean in a in a sales call it's like it's not the client's problem if they don't get it it's mine right And in some ways, this remote learning stuff is going to teach teachers how to make things compelling and sticky. And you're not going to have access to... I know you were already doing interactive things, walking around Mm -hmm. the different spots in the classroom, finding a clue, reading a passage, doing all that. 
I think that's great. You're going to have to find ways to recreate that now. And it, it almost sounds from my sales driven, like sales process driven brain. It almost sounds like taking 15 minutes to put together a remote learning uh, one sheet for kids mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, things are a little bit different now. Right. And just to save everyone's um, you know, time and patience, here are the rules. Like step one, when you receive written communication and email, Google Classroom or yeah. via Zoom chat, you must read the entirety of that written communication prior to voicing anything. Yeah. Like there's a step you might formulate some sort of because you've never been in this situation. Nobody has. This is a once in a lifetime thing. Like, yeah. can we talk about I went to play golf Saturday morning and there were 17,000 domestic cases. I came back from playing golf and there were 24,000 domestic cases. Yeah. And now there's like 60,000 plus in the U.S. With the, we're right. about to cross the thousand death mark. So yeah. this is it's hard because it's very much luck of the draw, but this whole like, oh, it only affects senior citizens thing is out the door for sure. Yeah. Um, Italy and Spain and the U.S. are just getting ravaged right now. And right now, Louisiana, in their first 13-day stint since their first case was diagnosed or, or tested for, detected, whatever you'd say, they are growing at a higher exponential rate than any other market in the world, including Italy, including china that's wild like they are percentage points ahead of those markets in terms of and i'm like of course like these people are dirty (laughs) yeah i mean you wrestle one gator and then somebody else wrestles it (laughs) you got the covid yeah i got covid from this here gator (laughs) i'm the covid cajun (laughs) dude speaking of cajuns i I watched segura tommy buns Uh new special for the for the tots and bots out there, we're talking ball about hog. ball hog. Yeah, <laughs> kind of weird. I know exactly what he's talking about, and that's a gross title. But yeah. Tom Segura, who is he's a like top five uh, current performer. Yeah, you would say. I would say. Yeah, at the top of his craft. This one, he he still had some very Tom moments where he just wanted to murder people. <laughs> I very much enjoyed all those bits, but it seemed a little less dark than like like his first one where he doesn't yeah. have any kids yet. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. And like I told you, um, this is the stand up that I had seen in person whenever I saw him in DC. And so I had already heard a lot of the bits. Uh, he, you know, he changed things here and there because um, he was still working out those bits whenever I had seen, whenever I saw him. And uh, even whenever I saw it live, I walked out of it with my friends saying, Yeah, I mean, it was good, but definitely not my favorite of his. So still stand by that um but you know if you're a fan it, it was enjoyable and you i watched you, the whole and, thing yeah, and you have nothing better to do so well we have a lot of viewing options we'll, oh. we'll get into that in a little while but <laughs> there's a lot to talk about oh, this week man um, <laughs> let's get off this topic <laughs> well hold on hold on i did watch the whole special which is more than i can say for most specials yeah um i watched the first 20 30 minutes of the burt, burt. Uh, I watched the first 30 seconds of Mark Marin, and then I was like, why do I always try this? Guy? I didn't even bother. Dude, I hate him. Like, yeah. I hate his stand up so I much. I don't understand how he's gained so much rec- recognition and like yeah. popularity. Like, everybody just should boycott him. Me. Yeah. Boycott him like he's a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Make him fire all his employees. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's that. Uh, what were we talking about with Segura? He, he, he's a great comedian. I enjoyed yeah. this special. Uh, oh, 
the whole reason I was talking about Cajuns, I didn't want to just be like racist or whatever it is. I don't know if you can be racist against a Cajun, but I didn't want to just let that go unexplained. So in his last special, it was right around the time that Trump was campaigning and build the wall and lock mm-hmm. her up and all that was going on. And he said, I'm all for building, building a wall, wall in this country <laughs> around, around Louisiana. Louisiana. <laughs> and he was like, F that state. Like that state is so gross. Yeah. Well, in this special, he took the opportunity to absolutely double, double down, down on that sentiment. <laughs> And it was kind of an unexpected twist because he seemed almost apologetic going into that yeah. bit. And then he he did what he did. And I was like, oh, yeah, like that was a good. Right. I really liked what he did there. Uh, the way that he threw some shade at some other states in the process was worth going and checking out. So Tom Segura, Ball, Ball Hog on Netflix. Yeah. They have a so. You want to get to the, this is actually number one trending in America. So I don't oh think we're breaking news, goodness. but maybe to this audience, we are. <laughs> the greatest documentary in the yeah. existence of documentaries. <laughs> I remember watching the preview and being like, is this a movie or a docu? Like this didn't happen. Bruh. So Tiger King. Tiger King, man. Joe Exotic. Man. So I'm, I'm only on the fourth episode. I stayed up late and watched all of it last night. <laughs> and it yeah it don't you have no idea <laughs> when i talked to stacy i was like i'm watching that joe exotic doc right now and she was like oh yeah i watched it saturday <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like, like oh done very nice uh but all those self-quarantiners out there joe exotic tiger uh tiger king tiger king oh my goodness it's basically about all these crazy uh personalities that own these big cat farms or you know exotic viewing zoos across america and this tangled web that they they all knew each other they all had their alliances and their beefs and yeah one was masquerading as like a more of a preserve and really she had a checkered past of not only it was like did she kill her husband and beat him to a tiger but it was (laughs) She had also been in the tiger showing yeah. industry. And she's and like the Tiger King's arch nemesis. This thing gets hairy. Y'all. Okay, let me just, I just want to read this real quick. Okay. So you're not going to spoil anything for me, right? Um, It's just a description. Okay. And so this says, uh, there's a magician, meth head, tiger tamer, country singer, gay polygamist, an Alex Jones type, but with live tigers in his videos and presidential candidate. And then the other person's like, oh, that's way too many people to track. And, and it's like, no, that's just one guy. <laughs> like that, all of those descriptors are for Joe Exotic. Was he a presidential candidate? You, I haven't gotten to that part yet. No, but. Okay. So Joe Exotic, he's Dude, a busy he, man. He gained so much recognition that like uh, John Oliver, like they showed a John Oliver clip uh, talking about him within the documentary. Like, Okay, it, stop, stop. Okay. Stop. Yeah, you hurry up. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm. I wonder how many tweet us if you've already watched all of this at the at the time of this airing um, tonight, Wednesday, March 25th, because I looked at it last night and Netflix has these cool metrics that it shows now, like number one trending in the USA. And that tiger, I remember like seeing the social I hadn't seen social buzz over it since uh, to this extent, since maybe I don't know, what would you say, like Black Mirror or what went viral the last time on on like you i, you I don't think and, i've seen something go so viral since you uh you did uh bird box i went mm-hmm. viral i had a viral tweet uh whenever bird box came out um uh love is blind you know i talked about that a couple episodes ago that one's gained a lot of recognition as well yo 
fun fact about that, Love is Blind, the weird dating reality show that Brad described a couple episodes ago on Netflix. Yeah. So one of the, um, I saw this on Facebook this week, um, one of the story coordinators, story planners or uh, production, story production yeah. people is Barrett's wife. Yes, I saw that as well. Yeah, I grew up with, so Barrett Thomas, um, good friend of ours. Yeah. How do you know him again? Well, I didn't meet him until college, but you know, him and like Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, all of them, Ryan Spady, mm-hmm. like we, we all hung out together. Okay. It's a small world in, in the faith. So I'm never surprised. I knew you knew him, but yeah. then I got to thinking, I'm like, he never went to Southwestern no, or Southern. No, Barrett he was did at go Southern. to Southern. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. So I hung out with him there a little bit. Well, he and his wife are both in the film industry, I guess. And she's a, a coordinator or production artist or something on that. And so that, I mean, that's cool. I love seeing stuff like that mm-hmm. where, you know, did they meet at Southern I or UNT? You. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Is she Adventist? Do you know? No. Okay. I haven't talked with Barrett since I went to Southern. So yeah, I haven't talked to him or his his brother Wilson is like a medical missionary in Africa for the last decade or oh, something. Wow. And yeah, did you ever meet Wilson? Mm-mm. Wilson was Wil, Wilson was the guy that I kind of expected would go Joe Exotic, but he had this dream to be a, a doctor since he was uh, like in tenth grade or maybe even earlier. Like, and he stuck with it. He became a doctor. He did exactly what he wanted to do which was get married and have a family. And he, he's been living in Africa for, like I said, years, if not a decade at this point, like mm-hmm. administering medical aid to uh, people in like a village and a, some sort of, um, I don't know if it's a hospital or a refuge or what it is, but yeah, both of those guys ended up being really accomplished in their own respective rights already. Yes. Which was pretty cool. Daniel's in Colorado last time I checked. Really? Yeah, he moved out there. I think he and his sister Laura moved out nice. to Colorado. Um, who else did you meet? Did you ever meet Tanner? Yeah, Tanner. Yeah. He's been in New York, actually. At Is he still? I, th- I thought he was in New York at, uh, was he at Raytheon or something? Yeah, and I, but I thought he had left New York, but I could be wrong. Okay. he He pops up and like, you know, Snapchats or Instagrams or whatever around the country with these people that we all know just randomly, sporadically. And I never know what the occasion is. It's just whatever pocket of, you know, yeah, Adventism, I guess you fall into. But right. um, and then I don't know where Ryan is or what he's up to. Do you? No idea. I haven't. Yeah. Any of those guys. I. He was on IGTV the other night and I accidentally got into like this really intimate thing where it was like Carson Gibbons <laughs> joined and like the other people are commenting and I was like I gotta yeah, leave this yeah, thing yeah. right now <laughs> try to leave before they notice like whoops yeah it's like didn't mean to watch your story <laughs> but anyway back to all those Netflix um, things that you could be watching definitely check out Tiger King uh, if you haven't caught on to Love is Blind yet man that's that's a trip as well um, I've been watching The Circle which is like this social media type of thing um, where you vote people just based on their personality, but they could be faking their personality because you never actually see that. It's like another thing where they're confined to their own room and they try to like um, just become popular amongst the crowd and not get voted off. But then if you win too many weeks in a row, then you become subjective to like people wanting to kick you out of there. So the circle. Yeah. I've seen the, 
the ads for that of the the graphics and it looked pretty compelling but i couldn't quite decide what it was but maybe i'll give yeah. give it a, it's but, weird how all these so- social is- isolation shows with a, a technological component <laughs> is like so indicative of the time that we're in yeah it's wild and, and that they both came out before the you, you know the, the outbreak well and aren't there aren't there films or whatever called contagion and the outbreak and like yeah, things so that have been recycled Contagion came out like in 2012 or something like that um and and that's like i tweeted a couple of days ago that it was the number two movie in itunes at the moment that i had uh, sent that out which is crazy you know for a movie that came out eight years ago to be trending but yeah then there's also like a pandemic uh doc oh yeah that, that's on netflix that, that's a lot so of timely. timely yeah a lot of timely stuff so so there's a lot of people trying to profit while others are I mean, I've heard stats that unemployment could be as high as 20 or 30 percent when this yeah. is all said and done and that it could be a 10 trillion dollar, um, you know, lift up effort or um, bailout effort right. that is needed uh, when you account for everything. But there are a lot of companies like futures. It, this is so in, this is so weird, like these big inflection points. You know how we talked about outliers a while yes. back where it was like. You know, sometimes we're thrust into this common destiny where everybody's playing field is suddenly leveled for a moment or certain people that were on the top are now on the bottom. Like there's a reshuffle that could happen right now. This is this is as big in some ways as like a World War Two or uh, the Spanish flu or any of these other things that changed the course of history, changed like how we will interact in the future. Yeah. Chain- there will definitely be like a line in the sand, like a before and after coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. And people's fortunes are even being made right now. Like I'll never forget back in 2017, reading the press release that Sequoia Capital, you know, one of the best VCs in the world had put a hundred million dollars into zoom, even though zoom did not need the money. Mm-hmm. Zoom had a bunch of money in the bank. Right. And they became a unicorn with that investment because Sequoia put in a hundred million dollars for ten percent of the business, so yeah. it was a billion dollar investment. Zoom is now trading at forty five billion dollar market cap. So, I saw somebody tweet that in this pandemic era, Zoom had become the newest social media channel, mm. the newest social media platform. Yeah, in that, you know, Facebook portal, all of these different things like Zoom is. What have you heard more of or more about over the last two weeks than Zoom? Yeah, it's not even just business or like schools that are using it. I've seen a lot of like my students just as friends. They're all connecting through Zoom as well. Just to, like, I've seen trivia out. nights held yeah, by Zoom. Yeah, it's trivia nights it's and something else, man. Netflix uh, watching party or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. All of these collaboration rooms and tools that you can engage with content together. It's just like if you were. I have friends in YC that were coming up with these different concepts and that fortunes will be made. All I'm saying is that you're going to go from nothing to like, whoa, we've got some market share going on here. And if you're one of those tools, it's like, it's funny, like you're hunkering down. It's been amazing to see the news media and sports coverage. Like I'm watching first take from everyone's bedroom, you know? (laughs) Right. And I've seen all these trades. All we'll get to that, but a lot of people are using AirPods as microphones yeah. for live broadcasts, I've noticed. Right. And I, I wondered if that would ever be the case because I'm like, man, these AirPods are so crisp. And like, I can anticipate, especially if we're doing a Zoom meeting and I'm on my AirPods, I'm better capable 
of moderating my volume, my tone, and anticipating when you're going to quit talking and like mm-hmm. not not cutting you off. There's there's fewer friction points whenever you're wearing your AirPods. I didn't think about that. I'm I'm gonna take mine into work tomorrow. I have screenshots of our team meeting uh, on Zoom, and I'm always the only one on AirPods. Yeah, I'm always no client ever gets on with AirPods. Like all, all my students are have their headphones in, but it's more for clout. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to show off what they do have. anything for clout yeah um yeah yeah man so it, it's it's a weird time from that perspective real talk like people are dying and going to die mm-hmm. like we could have peers that unexpectedly pass so we need to we need to understand that this is an extraordinary time, but you got to think like people are already um, doing memes on these meme accounts. Like, remember this places, you know, like yeah. the strip centers and, you know, people are, I, I can't wait for the next group text to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm definitely there. Like I won't, I yeah. won't, you know, ghost people like I used to because right. people miss seeing people. Yeah. Or maybe I should tell the coronavirus that I love it and then it'll go, then it'll run away. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy girl. (laughs) (laughs) The Rona. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think about the best ones that I've seen. Um, Yeah, but in all sincerity and and seriousness, the Rona is for real. It's here to stay. Uh, These numbers are like skyrocketing. And... I would like to know more about these victims that are being hospitalized. And I want to know how many of these deaths are 18 to 50 year olds. Definitely. I just want to get like a, it's hard to get a census, man. Yeah. Just Cause there's so many that have, you know, not been diagnosed yet, but you know, I want to get a, an inside look at this from a, a medical professional's point of view. So ah. we got a special segment for the 25th installment of the weekly catch up podcast. And it comes from, well, Bu- buffing abroad one of our like most died in the wool listeners would you yeah, say yeah he's uh you know brock has definitely been a um huge supporter of the podcast and he he listens every chance he gets and uh, i had the opportunity to uh hang out with him and uh you know this past week during my spring break in colorado and i had him uh record a little snippet just from his perspective and so uh and why does his perspective matter other than friendship oh, because, and listener? <laughs> because he works in the medical field. What, what you, is he? You'll hear, you'll hear him more. He's a PA. Uh, a physician's assistant? Yeah. Which one is that? I never know what these things are. Yeah. He's more than a nurse? Yes. Um. Okay. Interesting. Well, he, we got a, a special, unique, his view on the, the coronavirus and what's going on. Um. I, I thought it was really relatable. Um. He recorded it on his way home from the ER in Colorado after yeah. a shift. So without further ado, let's welcome Mr. Brock to the weekly catch-up podcast. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Brock, a.k.a. Buffin' Abroad. Oh, although I guess I won't be going abroad much. And well, come to think of it, I actually won't be going to the gym much either because it's closed. So I guess I don't have an identity. But anyway... Uh, I'm driving home from a shift uh, from the ER here in Colorado and just wanted to give a shout out to all the healthcare workers out there and not just people who take care of the patients directly but you know all the ancillary staff people cleaning rooms the folks you know answering phones the folks bringing food I mean I 
these guys are also being exposed on the daily so you know definitely a big shout out to those people and you know i want to give props to everyone out there who's doing the correct thing or what we at least think is the correct thing at this point doing the social distancing and not helping to spread this thing around um you know definitely i was uh you know fairly skeptical initially with this whole virus and i was under the impression that it was you know just the flu and it's just the flu bros and you know i really had to see it for myself and i really had to read some case reports to, to honestly kind of hit home I mean, seeing a person the same age as me with no medical problems, you know, struggling to breathe and intubated, and it, it's a little real. And, and I mean, let's be real with this thing. It's a nasty little bugger, and it'll get you. And, and it's a kind of a luck of the draw if you get sick from it. You know, it seems to be very, um, you know, almost random. So shout out to everyone who's doing the right thing. I mean, I think at this point we are doing good. I mean, I think most places our heads are above water now i mean who knows what will happen in the next week but all we can really do is keep supporting each other stay away from grandma and grandpa i mean you definitely don't want to be carrying it to them and you know the more data that comes out right now the more it's saying that you know you know there's a small there's a percentage that people are you know asymptomatic and they're carrying this virus or they might just have gastrointestinal symptoms and they're carrying the virus and so so you you definitely don't want to be the one who got grandma sick and you know got her in the icu that's certainly not something you feel very good about but overall guys stay safe make sure everyone's getting all their sleep and their nutrients and their vitamins and everything to boost their immune system i know you don't want to hear this but probably drinking a little less alcohol would be ideal i mean i've personally reduced my alcohol usage uh, i mean just because I, it, yeah, it lowers your immune system getting getting pretty trashed it's not good for your system um Get outside. I mean, get some sunlight. I mean, all the things that can make you, you know, mentally and physically strong. You're gonna to want to do those things, especially if this thing gets wild in the next few weeks. So shout out to everyone doing their job, doing the right thing, and you know, as these guys would say, shade all the shade towards the people who are not and who are congregating and who are, you know, out in Florida partying and saying it's no big deal because you know, it, and who knows. It, it, We'll never really know if this is the right thing to do, but I think that's kind of what we have to do at this point to, to prevent some you know, catastrophe. So that's it. Uh, thanks to Brad and Carson for, you know, let me give a little shout out in here. I've been listening for a while and these guys are putting together a nice product. So shout out to B-Rad and Carson. I guess Carson, I'll meet you someday, man. Anyway, peace, guys. All right, B-Rad, you heard the man. Quit getting trashed and well, thank a healthcare worker and... I mean, I was probably going to stop doing meth. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brock. I've never heard his voice. He's uh, sounds like a cool dude. Dude, he's just good a good old boy. He's just a lovely dude that could beat the crap out of you. Oh, really? Yeah. Was he the ripped up guy in your foot? Fu- yeah. I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, that guy's pretty built. Oh, um, yeah. but I didn't know who was who because you were mis- you were visiting multiple friends, I thought. Yeah, yeah. At different stops. But, but uh, yeah, shout out to Brock for. Yeah, great guy. Both him and his wife. And it was a lot of fun hanging out with them. And obviously being able to hear his perspective on this, you know, cause for me, I'm, you know, my girlfriend's a nurse. I was hanging out with Brock, you know, Alec and Rochelle and a bunch of different other friends work in the medical field. And so I just kind of haven't been, you know, panicking or I've been taking it more lightly just because I've seen their reactions to it. But now that they're starting to take it more seriously, obviously I, I'm not going to go against what they're saying cause they, they deal with that stuff. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it's good to hear it from his medical professional point of view, but it was also refreshing that just as a real dude, he's like, man, I kind of thought it was maybe a hoax or just <laughs> yeah. the flu. And then, you know, 
he definitely did the 180 that I know I did. Right. Um, I didn't yeah, know you how go back what, was. three, four episodes ago. Yeah. I was like, coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. They're canceling. They're canceling sports. <laughs> oh, man. I'm still I've gotten I got a text message from my buddy, Mike Hutton over in Philadelphia, and he was like, yeah, self-isolation for me began when they canceled the Masters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. That's just atrocious. But it's funny to see all these uh, celebrities starting to do the stay home hashtag, like yeah. doing all these like <laughs> promo PSAs like on their social media. Yeah. So, do you have any follow-ups to Gal Gadot's Imagine that you just hate? So I'm I'm just gonna say like I stand by it. It was just <laughs> <laughs> like obviously I didn't have a lot of material to talk about because I had just gotten back from my trip last week, and you had just randomly texted me, and I was like, "Well, I guess I can record today." And so I didn't have show notes or anything, and so that was one of the few things that I did know about. I will say, you know, the video still sucked. Um, I don't, I don't, but you know, if it inspired someone, you're a lot more prepared this week, Brad, <laughs> <laughs> if it inspired someone, then awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad that Jimmy Fallon and, and Kristen Wiig did it for you. Hey man, I just heard that we're putting out a pretty great product. I believe is a direct quote. Mm, yeah. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. That just, uh, made me feel good. Yeah. Thank you, Brock. Hey, and then I got that text message. Um, actually, I would like to talk a little bit. So I had sent you a uh, screenshot of a message that I received over the weekend. I didn't know if you were going to discuss that or not. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to read it word for word or anything. But um, at the end of our show last time, um, I had shouted out Andy and Kaylee. They're two of my um, students that I had taught back in Dallas, my first and second year of teaching. And they're dating. And um, they brought it to my attention while I was in Colorado that they began listening to our podcast. And, uh, so I gave them a little shout out on the last one, but I really want to say like, cause Andy, you know, he had messaged me and he was saying that, uh, the Q and a that you and I did really resonated with him and, um, just kind of made him feel better about life just because, you know, we all have certain paths that we take and, um, he didn't go the college route. And so sometimes he feels, um, you know, kind of down about that, but, Dude, I mean, it's 2020 and, you know, college a, a, is canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, like everybody's chilling. Like, so whatever you've been doing, I mean, keep that up. Um, and I and I just want to give them kind of e- an even bigger shout out just because they're, you know, both Andy and Kaylee are two people that um, that really mean a lot to me and kind of cemented how I teach, I suppose. Um, so my first year of teaching, I didn't connect with a lot of my students. I kind of showed up and, you know, I was trying to be the serious guy and I'm not like a, I'm not a hard ass or anything like that. Like I'm not a strict person, um, but I am very caring and I do hold my students to high standards. Um, but at first I was just trying to be the strict dude and, you know, just have my students take me seriously. And I'm like 23, (laughs) um, and so that didn't really resonate well, especially with the seniors that I was teaching at that time. And I really didn't, uh, or sorry, the juniors at that time, I didn't really connect with my juniors until the following year when they were seniors and a bunch of crazy stuff went down because we got a new principal who ended up being the reason why I left and moved to Maryland, but that's for another time. Um, but anyway, so my sophomores, uh, Kaylee was in this class and she was in this class of, of five and you know, the, this Dallas school, it was a small school. 
And, uh, and so we got to have like more personal conversations. Like I really got to know my students because I wasn't teaching a class of, you know, 25, I was teaching a class of five to maybe 12, um, depending on the grade. And, uh, so my sophomores, man, I really connected because there was only five of them. And, you know, we taught, we'd have these deep discussions about literature and, um, and really connect with them. And then also the freshmen, um, they had just gotten into high school. And so they didn't really have like a, I mean, they knew some of the teachers that were already in Dallas, but they were still, this is the first time that they were being taught by them. So it's not like I came in and replaced one of their teachers. This was all new to them as well. So I really connected with the freshmen right off the bat. And Andy was in that class. And, um, you know, I, I talk with Andy about music and life and, uh, I don't, I don't, Carson, I don't know if you remember, but I had been, uh, I started writing this book and I sent you like the intro to it where this this girl was like running like a gazelle or something that you, that you really like about that. Yeah, man. And, uh, Kaylee and Andy and I, and maybe like three other students, I had actually shown my writing to them. And, um, this was, this was something that, you know, kept me going for a while like just sharing that with some of my friends and and students and getting feedback and they were always giving me fun feedback about that and like oh you know you have to show us what happens next obviously i never finished the story or anything because let's ask where where's i mean it's when do i need to give the contract for my 10 (laughs) percent? yeah i mean probably like a fifth of it is done and it's chilling on my macbook so i can always revisit it later but i mean soon to weekly catch up podcast publishing yeah Yeah, we'll (laughs) we'll wait for this podcast to take off and then i can plug the book hey buddy it it took off (laughs) you're right yeah oh you're right and this is a good product so this is a good product we've got we've got a uh a bro medical worker in rural colorado that thinks that we got a great product boy. oh yeah um, and so I just kind of wanted to give like a bigger shout out to Kaylee and Andy, not only for them listening, but just because they were like some of my first students that I really connected with. And, um, it taught me that I could be myself and not be like the strict person that I could just be real with them. And, and I don't have to use like, you know, a big vocabulary or anything. I can just connect with them on a basic level level and, and show them that I'm an imperfect human, but uh, you know, I still try my best and I expect the same from them. And, uh, yeah, so I, I know we're not ending the show right now, but I just wanted to give them, uh, a bigger shout out than I yeah. did last week. Mid reel shout out. That's right. We're switching it up a lot this today, baby. Like, yeah, we're just yeah. so ambidextrous. We're, we're keep, keeping the listeners on their toes. You don't know what's going to happen Whipping white with my left wrist. Yeah, I might drop a must hurt at the end. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that was the first, I, I feel like, um, kind of heartfelt text message that was inbound that I'd seen from like a show. Like I get more of the laughing, crying emojis. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I, my mother will text me and why'd you say this? I can't believe you. I don't know. You know, stuff like that. But, and my dad will be like, I'm so glad Carson said that. <laughs> like that was hilarious. Um, but that was the first one that was like, Oh yeah. Like, and I was thinking about it cause I was like, we're not, I mean, we're not heroes. You know? nah. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of heroes with a I microphone, mean, but like, <laughs> I mean, they could call us, you know, it's not who's to say, I mean, I don't, I don't have a cape on <laughs> mask off, but no, I'm just saying that, um, I, I guess that the only, the only commendable thing, which I don't even think we come to it with this thought or realization is just that we, we do get kind of vulnerable at times on the show, like, yeah. which 
when you think about it is kind of crazy because most people aren't going to go to a dinner party and be like, hey, I've got some severe vulnerabilities because of the way I was brought up in a religion that I no longer know if I identify with or not. And how do I live my life not knowing that? Like, yeah. you don't lead with that. But on a podcast format, this is available to everybody at the dinner party and their mothers. You yeah. know, like anybody yeah. can go and listen to this on so a they variety might, of yeah. platforms. They so. might not bring it up at the dinner party, <laughs> but they know how we're feeling. I got to tell you, it's therapeutic to just get it out there. And then it's like, hey, man, if you didn't listen to the podcast, like, I'm done being emotional. Get out of my way. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Check, check, check episode 16, buddy. Like, yeah. I'm like, I, sorry. I talked yeah. about that four weeks ago. So if you need to go reference that, yeah. I've already had this conversation. Yeah. That was in season one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm like, uh, I'm spent. So <laughs> shade, get out of the way. Yeah. I know you're dealing with that right now. I'm utilitarian. Yeah, you can connect with us a few weeks back. I talked about my faith uh, on episodes. 5, 16, 13, and 25. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I, I guess that, that is a, a service that... But I you have to like want to emulate us or feel a camaraderie with us of some sort. So it's almost like we're just... I swear, you know, the first big public outing for the Weekly Catch-Up podcast is going to be like the Nickelodeon Teen Awards because <laughs> we've got this like little teeny bopper audience that... I don't know. Sometimes eh, I wonder, like, who, my, my students check in, like, in and out. I have business people that check in, like, obviously our families and yeah. all of our direct closest friends, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't say my students listen, you know, every week. But I, I would say that Andy and Kaylee are going to be pretty faithful listeners, at least for the time being. And um, But as far as, like, kids listening, I, they pop in every once in a while. I think they'll do it less now that they're at home and, and aren't going to talk, you know. A lot of times they like to bring it up in person whenever they see me in class, but I don't see them doing that uh, anyway, anymore. Anyway, th this episode of the podcast brought to you by Capri Sun. <laughs> Stab it right. <laughs> man, can we talk about how legit Capri Suns are? So legit. Man. I just, they're just one gulp. They though. need to sell, they, I, I was about to say, they need to sell gallons of that, man. Well, they did come out with the bigger unit. Stop it. Like when we, yeah, when we were, we were still like, we weren't young, young. We were probably oh, like going a on bigger, 20. a bigger pouch. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I need a gallon of that thing, bro. Man, like put it in a milk carton. That bigger pouch didn't do uh, you right. Nah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I need that Pacific cooler, bro. <laughs> well, Capri Sun was just the highlight of the pool party in the '90s, yeah. if you know what I mean. Warm. I just that and mac and cheese with hot dogs in it. Um, Did you ever get that? from like other friends parents i guess it's yeah. a thing it's a thing I'm yeah because I, I was about to say like i feel like every plano parent it was like hot dogs and mac and cheese with a capri yeah. sun it was like a really simple meal but it seemed bougie yeah i mean it just seemed <laughs> right on i've been in the sun i need a capri sun and you know an oscar meyer wiener all cut up in my craft mac and cheese yeah you know yeah playing bond in the background and yeah that, that was a different day and age dude that was way pre-covid yeah this is now so they did they did cancel the games they did postpone the uh tokyo games oh yeah week. the olympics yeah that, like two like, like two days ago they were like oh that's never gonna happen and then, and then it happened yeah well last week we reported i think last friday the Olymp the olympic flame had Arrived, arrived and i saw it all over the the weekend evening news and then they made the decision just because what is it it's already going to be april so 
Yeah. Although, did you see that Mark Cuban had said something about he thinks that the NBA season will be back in mid-May? Yeah, that's that's um, very optimistic. Well, Trump won, wanted the country back open by Easter. <laughs> by Easter's. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like the... Reminds me of that Nacho Libre thing when that one priest gets the uh, salad and he's like, uh, Esmeralda. Do you not know that I have had diarrheas since Easter's? <laughs> Stupid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Trump is Trump's like, yeah, we're we're coming out, we're going Easter egg hunting. Yeah, it's like pulling out the Ivan Drago. Like, if he dies, he dies. Well, that's how I felt. <laughs> that's what I've been saying is, if I get COVID, I need to get it while it's still fashionable, um, where I could still die. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I want. Yeah, I, I want to be. If I get, if I get the virus, I want to go viral. You know. <laughs> yeah. Want to got to got to be topical. I want to. Yeah, I want my tweet to actually get retweeted and yeah. be like, "Oh, Carson, no, yeah, what? I don't want to be one of these Middle Earth Americans." It happens that, like, like gets four it months. Out. Yeah, four months from four now. Months. Whenever there's like some other Wherever thing just going like, on. Ew, can you just get your project done? Like, we're sick of covering for yeah. you. Yeah, like we're watching Tiger King right now. <laughs> Well, we're way behind. <laughs> we're about to go into a Zoom training session. <laughs> uh, there's increasingly more and more HR leaders and like based on what I hear from you and just industries as a whole, like these boomers are about to retire, man. Oh, well, yeah, I think you liked my tweet, but I uh, I had tweeted out that it, teachers that are doing distance ed right now, like if they were just babysitting in their classroom, they are about to get exposed because you know, you have parents staying home that are kind of like checking in or, you know, walking around the house while you're while you're having your class. And if you're just chilling, like that's not a good look. So hopefully they have lesson plans. Well, this is something that maybe we could wax eloquent on for a minute because I I have some thoughts about this, at least up into a certain age. Thoughts for tots and thoughts for tots. Thoughts for taunts. <laughs> Everybody deserves a thought. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, like in your head, thoughts. Okay. Um, yeah, most of our listeners don't know what that means, so it's fine. <laughs> Urban Dictionary, that peeps. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that wasn't is. Wasn't that one of your dad's suggestions? Like, what, you could call them peeps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny. We'll call the we'll call the <laughs> boomer audience peeps. Well, no, my mom was complaining. She was like, you know, I'm disappointed that Tots won. She was like, I liked Weeklies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so the boomers can be the Weeklies, and then the young kids can be Thoughts. No Tots. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling any young kid. <laughs> no, not a young kid. A young kid to me is like 20 year old. All right, you know they're legal. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna wax eloquent right now. Yeah. <laughs> not about that. <laughs> that was a segue. So for the remote distance learning stuff, All right. um, one of the things that I think school has always been routinely used as is not only a learning vehicle, but we all know that if you just reduce it to the cor core curriculum and that alone, you're done by 1230, yes. or you could be in terms of actual instruction time. Um, but it, it is a daycare situation. Like, People need to be able to go to work and know that their kids are in school for that minimum seven hours a day. You know, okay. you throw in a study hall, you throw in a, you know, the more involved career wise a parent is, the more 
you know, inclined a child might be to be in choir after school, be mm-hmm. in sports after school, be really yeah. involved. And, in, you know, you can get a child's workload in terms of out of the home hours spent to like 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. if you're if you're trying. Yeah. You know, and you can really cushion your own work hours. But we talked about this a little bit the last time, like these parents that are having to share a professional space in the home for Zoom calls and, you know, work is like work is now it's become more ever present, but more dull. Like it's not as sharp with as many um, like when you're in the office, it's like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. you know, meeting, 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 meeting. And then you all break and go home for the day. And that's when maybe you're doing other types of busy work. Yeah. But whenever you're sharing professional space, you're having to look after a child, the power goes out, whatever is happening during this crazy time. Um, you end up like getting that eight thirty PM phone call where it's like, <laughs> you weren't working from that. Maybe that person didn't work from four to seven, but now mm-hmm. you're getting a call at eight thirty, and it's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm letting my hair down now. Like, right. <laughs> but we're in coronavirus time. And it, I heard, I've heard on calls this week and last week, no less than five to seven times the phrase, the new norm, yeah. we're having to acclimate to the new norm. Like this is sunk in. People understand that this is a part of history now. Like this right. is uh, currently you think about Tiger King and how much of that doc was like shot in real time mm-hmm. versus after the fact, you know, right now there's probably 80,000 film crews doing their coronavirus documentary oh, yeah. and they don't know how long production is going for. Yeah, that's true. But this will be on Netflix six months after coronavirus is over. If that, yeah. like we're in a time now where it's like, there'll, it's be, there'll be some, uh, you know, live game show <laughs> type of type of scenario. People are iterating off of this and it's amazing to see the stock market. Like we've rebounded two days in a row now. I think right before we started broadcast or podcasting, it was a uh, 21,000 Dow. Hmm. So it had come back up from like, it was like in the 17 or 18 range, yeah. 18,000 range, uh, 48 hours ago. But, uh, they did just pass the stimulus package. Yeah. You were wondering if that was going to happen on yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they passed a $2 trillion stimulus package. And I That's guess right. there was some drama over that. Like they were saying that the Democrats were blocking based on X, Y, and Z. And I don't even know. It's hard. I'll tell you that the one good thing about this is that I think a lot of the rhino versus elephant, like a lot of the red versus blue stuff has subsided for a moment. Like we forgot that we're in a presidential year for a moment. You (laughs) know, Biden is running somewhere. Where is Biden? (laughs) Yeah. Did you see that? Where is Joe has been trending? Yeah. He he did make a TV appearance. um, Pre-recorded? I don't I don't remember. I didn't actually watch it, but. I, and I didn't get the synopsis. It even said something in the effect of this is where Joe has been or, you know, it was like but he was kind of it was kind of becoming cult culture that maybe he had the covid. Yeah. The covid-19. Mm. He's like text covid-19 to 303joebiden.net. <laughs> Actually, you know, he did a town hall, not a town hall. He did the last debate uh, under quarantine with uh, with Bernie in New York in the CNN studios. And I got to tell you that Joe looks sharp. Yeah. Joe won that debate. Yeah. Like he was, he did a great job in my opinion. And I think that he's really cemented the party behind him. Um, like Bernie's path is, is almost mathematically impossible from what I can understand. 
And just uh, with the latest debate performance, I feel like the people that were on the fence, like, is this guy like with it? Does he have early onset Alzheimer's? Like he was thorough. He was constantly referring people back to the website for larger policy policy initiatives and, and outlines and able to clearly reference like multi-bullet plans, multi-step plans. Like yeah. it was sharp. And he seemed more, he seemed, Bernie seemed tone deaf in that. Like, he, did we already talk about this? I feel like we might have. Uh, we might be straying into something that we have talked about. What, politics? Well, <laughs> that that's really the only thing. It depends on update. what you're about to say about him. I know that, uh, was it Rasmussen or one of the most legit polling outfits? Uh, they just put Trump's, uh, coronavirus approval rating at 60%. And I think that his overall approval rating as a president is still at 49 or 50%. Hmm. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> you were asking about his viability as a candidate last time, mm-hmm. uh, based on the coronavirus. And, you know, he's the first one that now they're calling all these Republican lawmakers to task for, do you think it's responsible to say that the economy should be back open for business by Easter? And they're like, you know, all things being equal, like that is a goal. That's a goal that he's outlining. Yeah. He, of course, he's early on it, but it's a goal. Like, I can see both sides of it because you can argue, like, if all these uh, corporations stay closed and we don't open things back up, then then people are going to die could anyway. Die. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. So it's a it's a tough thing. Hey, what was the name of the guy I saw on, and I'm drawing a blank, the guy that I saw on TV whenever I walked in here um, that I said looked like, but don't, that said, hey, this guy looks like, oh, yeah, the Indian dude. Oh, <laughs> so, so uh, can I, can I say what you said? I was going to say it. Oh, do you, but what, uh, I'm Sanjay dro- Gupta. Yeah. Gu- <laughs> Gupta, man. So you want to hear my political take? Oh man. Gupta looks like an Indian version of Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never unsee it. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, look it up. If you don't know, up. if you've been under a rock or don't have cable or YouTube TV, Dr. Sanjay Gupta is, he's a handsome fellow, by yeah. the way. Yeah. He is yeah, a very a handsome uh, he's m- more handsome than Ray Romano, I guess is yeah, the point, but, but he's the chief medical correspondent MD for CNN mm-hmm. and has been just wall to wall CNN coverage for days now. Yeah. And, uh, so Brad made this observation and he's right. It's pretty it's funny. Uncanny. So, you know, uh, Carson and I are both, you know, pretty informative and, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Are you throwing shade at me on? No, no, no. I'm I'm just trying to, you know, level up. No. <laughs> it had nothing to do with, no, what you said was good. You're like, uh, did I do that right? <laughs> no, not even that. I'm just saying, like, you know, you got some information from Carson and you, know, you got that from me. So because you added something, you're like, I want credit for adding something? Yeah, you know, like. Man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You millennials are just. Credit. Mo- you, need, you need everything. You just need everything laid out for you. You're like, I use Zoom today and I had to do a good job. It's not even like a millennial I had to thing. teach people over Zoom instead of in real life where we could just watch a movie. <laughs> you had meetings where you applaud people and pat them on the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shots fired. Our software <laughs> improves employee performance, mm. engagement, and, and showcases your positive company culture and brand. B-Rad. That's excellent. And I'm not I trying almost, to diminish that. I almost sent but if you, you a come recognition for me, the other day. If you come for me, 
Like, I'm going to fire back. Okay. Sounds like you've got a bunch of angry moms that are like, I don't hear any teaching going on in there. No, that nobody has an issue with me. I mean, I've other teachers have just your other geriatric coworkers. Yeah, some teachers have been lit up, but yeah, it's all, it's all sunny here. They were like, "What? What are you too Dude, tired?" To some teach? teach. Some teachers are not even teaching until this following Monday. And Did they need a couple more days to learn the zooms? I guess everybody likes Zoom. Yeah, Zoom, I I had Zoom. my assignments posted on monday uh, this past monday so oh, yeah i'm good to go yeah are baby you, are you technologically savvy or something i mean i went to technology camp oh <laughs> were you born in what year were you born in 91 oh my goodness having fun since 91 <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i'm trying to think of something that rhymes with mine um uh, uh i've been mine since 89 <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay 89 you know it, it's weird when you think that we're in 2020 and that like when you have a child, like if I had a child to be like, I was born in 1989, they're going to be like, what? <laughs> be like, my parents were born in 61 and 63 respectively. And um, I guess if I use respectively, my mom and dad, 61, 63 respectively proper. That's right. For the English teacher. Um, but that was same century. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. later. It wasn't even, they weren't even born pre 1950, but when you span a century, it's yeah, kind of it a weird seems, thing. It just appears older. It, yeah. It's like the, the, the hundred year old people right now were born in 1920. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Like Henry Ford built the car 13 years before they got born. <laughs> like, holy crap. Like, yeah. what are we talking about? If you yeah. almost saw Kitty Hawk and you're still alive, like that's when you, that's when I think like, I already look around and feel old at times and I'm like, man, I'm going to be itching to get out of here by 70, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways, I bet. Dude, I have kids that are like so insensitive to like the 9-11 tragedy just because they didn't live through that time period. That That's wild. Yeah. You can, you can drink. No. You can almost drink. You can vote and not have been alive at 9-11. Yeah. Which is wrong. Crazy. If you didn't see 9-11, GTFO. <laughs> oh. Shade. Shade. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Get, so get you, COVID. You 2002 <laughs> babies, get out. <laughs> yeah. That's just so weird. I was talking to this woman once, and she had, like, a kid that was, like, like in school, like, could talk, like, was 10. She was like, yeah, he was born in 2009. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know they, I literally, I was like, oh, he's, he's 10. So he was born in 1994. You know, <laughs> I was like, kids, they didn't make kids after 2000, you yeah. know? And she said 2009. And I was like, get out of here. What? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Oh man. It, it's scary though, to think about all the gatekeepers and the, the people with tenure and seniority, like retiring in the next five and 10 years. Cause yeah. you know, if your parents are going on 60, they're trying to get out the game in the next five, 10 years. Yeah. They're trying to be relaxing. Yeah. So it's like all of the workforce is going to be people that were born in 1980 on. Yeah. It's our turn. Oh my goodness. The passing of the torch. We are so, it is going to be so annoying to be <laughs> an adult voice of reason among our generation. Yeah. Like so annoying. Yeah, we're going to start getting called the equivalent to whatever they come up with for boomers. Well, they're not going to respect us. 
weren't they always boomers? Aren't we always well, going to be millennials? Well, baby boomers, isn't that like the 80s? Uh, no. When was baby? I don't know. Baby baby no, boomers no. were like nine, the end of World War II for a generation. So it was like 1945 to 1965. Okay, so yeah. the boomers. Okay, so that's why they're, that's why, you know, kids call them boomers though. So we would be called something else. Not millennials? I guess we would. Like, that just doesn't roll off the tum- tongue like, okay, boomers, though. Well, do you think the boomers were something else, and then they were like, hey, let's change it. We're boomers now. No, I just think it was a trendy thing that kids started saying, so I was just saying that we'll be... It's like, moving forward, we're no longer the post-World War II babies. <laughs> we're the boomers. <laughs> yeah. Because we went boom overseas, <laughs> and then we yeah. came along. Yeah, and then we got the coronies. Dude. So what what are you thinking? What's going to happen? This is the as closest I've been as... to another human in a couple days. Yeah, man. I did have a slight cough earlier. Oh, yeah. I've had a cough, bro. <laughs> yeah. My fever just broke, though, so you're good. What do I think is going to happen, like, just with the world in general? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we both have unique perspectives from, I mean, we both make different amounts of money in different industries in different like geographic areas. And I really think reflecting back on Brock's like snippet that he, he sent into the show gang gang. Um, I think that his perception, even as a medical professional, uh, that was skeptical and then turned more, you know, scientifically based with the facts about it. Uh, like we all did. Mm -hmm. I did. He has a different perception because he's in a much more rural area where he says, go get outside. And it's like, well, sure. Easy for you. If you walk out back to a mountain, But, you know, they're talking about like the Dallas police will arrest you if they can pull you over to see if you are an essential service worker headed to an essential service job. Yeah. And yet at the same time, everybody's out running like they they keep showing the news like the Katy Trail and how you are supposed to maintain six feet on the trail. And if it's too too crowded, you can't enter the trail. And, you know, they literally have written on WFAA as recently as this afternoon, like this is the order you could be arrested and sent to jail yeah. if you're like out of your home, which I, I, I want to see the follow-ups on that. This all just, you know, Dallas's shelter in place was issued on Monday yeah. or Sun. No, it was issued Sunday at five. Yeah. I was playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to Southwest Arlington to play golf Sunday afternoon with my buddy Scott. Mm. Um, Cause it, all these other municipalities have closed down. So we were all just giving each other the elbow and um, he and I had a tie lead going into the, uh, we had a tie going into the 18th hole Yeah. and all the way up until third, third shot approach shot to the green. We both hit the green or the flank and then we tied. It was quite the, quite the nail biter hmm. and we've had no golf to watch. So, you know, I could, I could play by play <laughs> this for you. Like, <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Yes. <laughs> but my main point being that your perception in Keen, you're still going into the office. I can't. I, I can technically because I'm a tenant, but I think that they shut down our cafe and like our member area downstairs. Yeah. So, but I live in a much more dense population area is my main point. Right. And not even all of our teachers are coming in. So it's not like full staff. I'm going up because I'd rather work from there. My internet, uh, we like, just got wi-fi um and it was still not working like my hotspot was working better so we have something coming in at the beginning of next week and hopefully 
that'll provide better Wi-Fi where I can stream at home. Um, but like I said, not everybody's coming into work, so I feel safer, you know, going there and it's just like a nice space. I can use my, uh, computer on my classroom and my laptop to multitask uh, while I'm doing the zoom thing. So, oh, wow. Look at you yeah. juggling screens, man. Always. Um, did you see that the coronavirus is killing more men than women? I did not. Yeah. I, the, the news ticker was kind of astonishing. It was like, it prefers I keep, men. I keep wanting to make jokes like, well then like come at me, bro. Like, but <laughs> I'm afraid of karma. <laughs> like, like i'm afraid to be like this week like come at me and then like next week you're just recording on your own it's like yeah brad caught it that reminds me of the superstition bit in tommy bun's special when he's like listen if you're at all religious or he goes that's fine but if you're superstitious or read your horoscope <laughs> like there's a special yeah. place in hell for you he's like if, if we're going over a bridge in my car and you go <gasps> And hold your breath. He's like, I will push you out of that car <laughs> while it's moving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm superstitious too. Yeah. But, you and know. And I didn't really even mean it like, I meant more I'll like. I'll say it though. I meant more, I guess it would be ironic rather than karma. But Yeah. Well, I, irony is, yeah. You, yeah, you can see how. So, Coronavirus, if you're listening, <laughs> Brad wants some. <laughs> He's too like afraid to ask for it. I feel like it's the movie like Final Destination where death like keeps following you and you keep avoiding it, but it that's all of life, right? Keeps, yeah. This is great because like you know, we were too bubble wrapped. You know, you it was too hard to die, you know. We needed to make it a little bit easier and yeah. get some appreciation for like temporal life. Yeah. Breathing. We became so fascinated with like those apocalyptic movies and and TV shows that hey we got it man we kept we kept wondering what we would do in these scenarios yeah it looks like the beginning of one dude uh, <laughs> I saw the funniest post from one of our buddies earlier John Seals I don't know if you okay, saw this yeah. on Instagram story uh, but the power yeah yeah, yeah he's like ahead. he's like how does the power go out during a shelter in place <laughs> lockdown and. <laughs> He's like screenshotting his service maintenance requests or whatever. And then it, it showed that a vehicle like crashed into a, a pole or something and brought yeah. down a line. And I just was thinking because I literally thought, you know, when you're like working from home and then the power goes out and you don't realize that everything that you ever do involves power. Yeah. And that the minute that the power goes out, the Wi-Fi is out. Right. And that smart TV that you have, the streaming with YouTube and Netflix and some of it's in-app, some of it's like AirPlay, all that's suddenly not happening. And you're like, what can I access on my phone with LTE knowing that I only have 32% and yeah. the power's out? Yep. So he, but I've also said that when the looting, like the violence in the streets begins, if and when there's another run on the grocery stores that's like provocative and pervasive and the power goes out. Yeah. But if the power goes out, we already talked about the fact that like domestic violence is on an uptick because people are crammed into close quarters together yeah. and they're, they're not used to spending this much time with one another, with their spouse, with their children. Yeah. I hope you like the person that you're married to because you're going to be shacked up for a little while. I saw one girl tweet. She got a bunch of retweets. It was kind of a nice sentiment. She goes, I've been seeing all these posts about people that are like, ugh, you know, like have to be cooped up with my wife or husband yeah. or whatever for all this time. And she was like, I don't identify or relate. Like Good. I actually like the person that I married and I enjoy spending time with them. Yeah. And I'm like, 
girl, he's dying to get out of there. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> he's on the third story right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so weird because you can't outrun this one. Like, I remember I got a, a flight uh, email for $39 from Southwest today, and I was like, yeah, but I have to go to the airport and, yeah. like, brave this storm. And I can't go anywhere where anything's open because technically – I think we're up to 13 or 18 states where it's statewide mandated shelter in place. Texas hasn't gone that far. In fact, Collin County, where my parents live, I don't know if you caught this, but I think it was the mayor or somebody on the city council or somebody. They go, um, you're you're encouraged to stay at home. However, all businesses are essential (laughs) because they're red Republicans up there. You know, that is a... you know, suburban 2.5 kids. We love Jesus and we mm-hmm. love keeping our money yeah. and our guns. That's crazy. Yeah. Going back to like, um, just my thoughts, I, I did have this thought as far as teachers go, like not only are we going to be held under the microscope, but I feel like if parents feel like they're not getting adequate ed- education, especially for private schools, they're not going to be wanting to pay that price, especially if they're staying home, you know? Um, it's like, well, if you're just, you know, uploading these assignments and not really lecturing or, or doing anything, like, why would I not enroll my kid in a public school where it's much cheaper if they're staying home anyway? Totes. You know what I mean? Totes, my goats. All right. Time for a pivot. Are you ready to talk about something that we've teased for, we teased last episode and then we never got into it, but Mm -hmm. I'm ready to talk about it. And it has been the NFL off season, this free agency. I want to go in sequential order here. You want to go highest priority to lowest priority or the opposite way? Lowest to highest. Okay, lowest. Uh, let's talk about um, Kirk Cousins got renewed in Minnesota Yeah, for some good money. Um, I saw that uh, Cam Newton is out at Carolina. And they who did they yes. pick up? Um, I don't know. I'm going to try to pull up. Nick Foles went to Chicago Bears, I think. That's a good pickup for them. A uh, Dak, I don't think that there's many, there's no updates right now, right? Like he's still Dak? just no yeah. Dak's Dak's. Uh, oh, they franchised franchised, him. yeah. So that just means but that we, they bought we, themselves another year. Yeah, so we got both Dak and um, uh, receiver Amari Cooper. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we lost Witten. Well, that was you know going to be on oh. the priority ladder. That's why I asked you. Yep, you're welcome. I asked you to let me guide. Yeah, I still feel like. Let me lead and you will follow. Who are you going to talk about before that, you know? Um, what? <laughs> you're like, were you saying he was yeah. next up? Yeah. Man, I'm like an NFL stat card over here. I could have found somebody. Um, <laughs> we we all know who the number one slot is that we Dude. need to discuss, but let's talk about a trend real quick. Oh, I've got another one before freaking Jason Witten, B-Rad. Okay. Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Phillip Rivers, 16 no longer seasons with the, with the Chargers. Chargers. Where did he go? Um, don't get me lying. Okay, cool. But the big thing that I was going to illustrate, um, is that you have three 16 to 20 year vets with a single team that leave and go sign a short term contract, whether it's a year or two with another team completely across the country or whatever. Like where did Witten go? I forget. Uh, so Phillip Rivers went to the Colts. Oh, cause Andrew Luck retired early last year. And Jason Witten went to the Chiefs. Oh, wow. 
So they're going to have Travis Kelsey or, and Jason Witten. Oh, hold on. Sorry, the Raiders. The, uh, it's the new Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, okay. I was like, the Chiefs? I don't remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. Somebody went to the sense. Chiefs. Um, so it boggles my mind when you have this picture-perfect career that I would want to emulate. Let, let's just cut it the chase. Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bucks. Bay Buccaneers, and there's a lot to unpack there. I want to get your opinion on this, but... I was struck. I've always loved the Derek Jeters of the world that go to a big market team. Like if you if you play for the Yankees, the Lakers, the Cowboys, or the New York Rangers, or something like that, or even the Dallas Stars in certain ways. Like Mike Badano, I think he did his entire career with the Dallas Stars yeah. and was like a living legend. And big market, uh, Derek Jeter spent all twenty seasons or whatever with New York Yankees. They're the premier club in their sport. Witten, uh, people like Troy Aikman, who spent his entire he spent his entire career in Dallas. I'm pretty yes. sure. When you retire at your peak, it's like going back to the Michael Strahan thing from the last episode. Like I loved that he did it all with one team. Yeah. I love it when you take that team and you win it all for your fans in your city, and you ride off into the sunset. And these guys that are looking for a second win challenge at these advanced ages. And they're willing to, like, you could just always be, they're going to have to come back and retire your number, like, as a gag. You know what right. I mean? It's like when Pudge Rodriguez left the Rangers, and then we brought back, you know, we brought him back, signed him to a one-day contract, and then we retire his jersey and stuff like that. Yeah. We have to do that for Witten now. Yeah, and it feels like it almost cheapens it. Like It's less cohesive, like. It, the brand, the image of it is different. It's yeah. weird. It for changes me. up like the legacy. We say that. However, we can refer to some historical greats like Michael Jordan. Sure. He went and played for the the Wizards. The Wizards. Um, here's the thing, though. Kobe was always a Laker. You got to respect yeah. that type of thing. Like yeah. that's. I mean, Dirk, baby. Like Dirk. Exactly. I would have been heartbroken <laughs> if he went to another team, you know? I mean, there's there's something about dancing with the one that brought you, and I get it if you're on a crap team and you want to go win a ring for the very first time or something like that, but yeah. the biggest thing here that's kind of shocking is I know Brady, on the one hand, I, I've always thought that Brady would want to go out having won the Super Bowl, his last appearance. At the same time, I almost can't see Brady quitting if he just won the Super Bowl. It's like, well, I still got stuff in the tank. Like It's almost ill-advised. Yeah. Um, I think Peyton did that though, right? That was super special. I think so, yeah. Um, I love that type of story. But with Brady, there's a lot I want to unpack with you because he's 42 or three. Yeah. I guess he's always had this like long-term personal altruistic goal of playing until yeah. he was 45 for some reason. Yeah. And so he signed a two-year 50 mil contract with the Bucks. So now Jameis Winston is still in the market? Um, I believe so. I, I have faith that he, or he might just be backup, right? I, I love... No, I think they released him. Oh, for real? Um, did you hear about... Everybody was like, I can't wait for his 30 for 30. Because he was... <laughs> he, last yeah, 30, season, he was 30, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. Uh, yeah, 30 interceptions compared to Tom Brady's eight. And there was like six or eight like yeah. pick Cause, sixes. Yeah, because some people were hating on the amount of yards that Tom Brady threw uh, last season compared... Um, I mean, I was. Compared to homeboys, but I mean, far less picks as well, so... So let's get into it. Like, I've heard that a big portion of this revolved around the fact that 
Brady could never be regarded as Brady in Foxborough, that Bill Belichick just saw the QB and the number 12 and wouldn't wouldn't provide it didn't sound like preferential treatment was necessarily mandated but it was like hey when when you have the team wide 6 a.m 20 degrees below zero like icicle contest where we're running through the snow barefoot like can we excuse tom he's won six super bowls for us or whatever and he didn't get that treatment no he just never got he never got distinguished or, or there was no favoritism of any kind shown and i really like the way belichick runs his programs and belichick's whole thing was like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, right? And he wanted to dump him years ago. Apparently, you could also argue that because Belichick held him to that standard, um, that's what helped Tom Brady become the quarterback that he is. A hundred percent. I I think that Brady was right time, right place, right system. I think that if I'm looking for a pure, would I rather have Brady in his prime or? Um, Patrick Mahomes in his prime, mm-hmm. that's going to get more difficult because I might go with Patrick. I yeah. mean, time will tell, but he just won the Super Bowl yeah, at 24. I, at this time, I would just because he has a lot more gas in the tank. So And just so impressive his first year. Uh, now, he could be a one-hit wonder, but I we'll doubt see. it. I time, doubt time will tell, but I think that he's got a, a cannon on him. Yeah. And he can sling it. Dude's I, impressive. I, never seen a bigger arm come out of texas than yeah. that boy like he is crazy and i i just like him as a person yep he's very congenial or whatever the word would be but um so brady went to robert Kraft's home to break up with him and deliver this news and apparently it sounded like robert Kraft had thought that he was coming over to get his contract renewal extension or whatever oh, done because that's what had been done in the past yeah apparently they had to sidestep Belichick in, in years past because Kraft wouldn't let Belichick like dump Brady. But the story that I've heard is that Belichick, he thought that his horse had run his race in Brady and he wanted mm-hmm. to release him or not sign him to a new contract several years ago and go with Jimmy Garoppolo, okay. who just took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Right. So from that perspective, you know, you have maybe one or two good years left with this one quarterback, but you could have another 10 yeah. potential Super Bowl appearances with this other one plugged into a system that he's already been acclimated to for years mm-hmm. as Brady's backup. I'm kind of with Belichick in a weird way. Yeah, I know that sounds sure. disrespectful and terrible, but I'm sitting in Dallas, Texas. I'm not a Patriots fan, so I can say that objectively. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we can all look at Tom Brady and recognize that he's an amazing player, but also recognize that he's on his way out and we got to look or not we, but the Patriots have to look toward the future. Like, I mean, they have, you know, they got a plan for it. So, well, that that's the story about, you that's know, crazy. The, we've always known that Kraft and Brady had a special relationship. And mm-hmm. I think Kraft looks at him like a son or a grandson or something. I guess a son. Brady's old enough to be a son, but yeah, because um, you look at the teaser like around the Super Bowl time of of was Tom Brady going to sign back with the Patriots, and Tom Brady has this commercial um, where he's hinting at it, and then it ends up being like a Hulu commercial, and Tom Brady at the end's like, "I'm not going anywhere," and then you know, lie. That well, we thought he meant from football as a whole. Oh, I, I, I never. Assu- I assumed that it was the Patriots because yeah, everybody but, was wondering if he was going to be back course. with the Patriots. We well, all, no, we no, all no, knew no. that he wanted to stick around until forty-five. Right, 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 right. Here, here's where I'm. The disconnect was for me is that I never. 
to me, staying in football meant staying with the Patriots. I'd never even okay. thought of the fact that he could go somewhere else. Gotcha. I never, it had never even occurred to me. And when this whole free agency thing got um, kind of dangled in the the ESPN and news media over the last several months, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is a stunt. This is like yeah. Dak holding out for a better contract. We're still going to end up with gotcha. Dak, like in my in my future state mind. Yeah, I would be shocked. You know what I mean? Like if if we just let Dak walk and we're like, oh, we're going to go with Case Keenum or <laughs> I don't know whoever is on the uh, on the back burner for yeah. us, but it would be the same level of shock. So it, it just never occurred to me that Brady could sign with another team, especially like a Tampa Bay. Yeah. But what do you think what that their chances place, are? I don't know, man, but I was about to say like, what an odd place to end your career. Um, do they make the playoffs? Sure. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think they win a Super Bowl. I don't think he wins another Super Bowl. Hmm. What if he does? Um, greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not the greatest of all time already. At the moment, yeah, but at the moment, but he could outdo himself. Yeah, he I could mean, still get better. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is already <laughs> charted. Well, and I, I think from a, a ratio perspective, like Patrick won earlier in his career right. than Brady that's, did. Right? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Brady and didn't I'm, experience I, wild success till he was like late twenties, right? Yeah, I'm being a little facetious, but I, I mean, I think there is a bright career for Patrick and. Uh, Tom Brady, like, I mean, you know, I'll eat my words. <laughs> I, I just don't think he's going to win another one. But, again, it would be cool to see. It would it'd definitely be impressive. Um, we'll let you all know how this goes in episode 275 when the NFL season is back. Yeah, it'll be back in, what, three years? I mean, what have they had to officially move anything? Because we're going to be coming up on training camp in like 60 90 days yeah as of yet no not not that i've seen nothing's been pushed back but i don't know man i don't think it's going to end as soon as some people are speculating how many people are dead at the end of this thing how many are dead right now um i think that it's about to be twenty thousand worldwide right okay i think it's like there's sixty thousand cases in america and we were at 800 something deaths this afternoon um but worldwide it was like i think it was about to be 500,000 cases or i don't know could you just pull up twitter real quick and yeah sorry we should was, we should be up to date on that i was trying to do some math in my head <laughs> i'm an english teacher so yeah it takes a while longer <laughs> carry the a <laughs> Yeah, all it's right. you'll get conflicting reports, but they're all around the same. According to worldometers.info, there have been almost 470,000 cases and 21,000 deaths. That was right around the money. Um, by the time this is said and done, hmm, I say you think it'll double? Or no? Oh, I, I was going to say More? like half a million deaths. Okay. Half a million deaths? Yes. There's not even half a million cases yet. Right. But it is doubling, tripling right. every three or four days. There were 17,000 cases when I went to go golf Saturday morning. There's now 62,000 cases. Right. But I, but I think that they all had it at the time the other number was reported. They just hadn't been diagnosed yet. Hmm. Numbers are staggered because people are not not 
it's not detected or right. tested for yet. But this thing is like spreading yeah. astronomically, like exponentially. And I think that, I mean, Louisiana just got it 13 days ago. It's going to rip those Cajuns up well, for I a mean, while. They get everything a little late. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're one of God's boys. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they um, need to walk out of there with Jesus in their hearts and antibacterial on their minds. That's right. Um, yeah, man. Who was the know. comedian that had the famous, like, oh, it was Tosh when he was like, Am I the only one that think that of all the places in America that needed a bath, it was New Orleans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm just like, finish the job, Lord. <laughs> That's wrong. Oh, I know, but it's Tosh. Yeah. Like, he's hilarious. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> he's like, is there anything worse than the poor? <laughs> <laughs> For me, and I'm poor, I've been poor, but jokes about the poor is about as funny as it gets anymore. <laughs> like... <laughs> If yeah. anything could be more taboo, like it's so funny. Yeah. You got a good poor person joke? Not off the top of my head. You got a good your mama joke? Um, your mama's so poor. <laughs> a twofer? A twofer? Um, I don't know. I can think of one. Your mama's so fat that she has to eat great value when she's stuffing her face and getting fat. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, tweet us your best your mama jokes at yeah. WKLY Catch Up Pod. That's right. Hashtag mama jokes. Yeah, we're holding steady at 13 or 14 loyal followers. <laughs> That's right. Not even sure if they all listen. <laughs> yeah, of course they will. Uh, do you think uh, Kenny Collins has listened? He started no. following us on Twitter. Did he? Yeah. Kenny, if you if you hear us talking about yeah. you right now. Make a noise. Tweet us out. Shout. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, Kenny, if you're listening to us right now, change cardigans, walk yeah. around, <laughs> read a book, <laughs> this grab is a our, coffee. This is our tentative shout out <laughs> to Kenny Collins. Yo, but uh, shout out to Sarah Miller, who we've shouted out multiple yeah. times on the show. I'm watching. I, I keep when I'm working from home, I keep the TV on silent, but I keep the news going all day. Just kind of in the background. It, the, my desk is kind of around a ledge from it, but mm -hmm. um, it's running in the background. And today I'm like looking over in between conference calls. And it's a USAA commercial and they have, yeah. it looks like a, like they have a, a lineup of their employees, like, you know, doing cameos. And I see her, husband. Forrest Miller, yeah, her husband who we went to college with. I, did he go to college with us or did uh, I knew I, him? No, I just know of him. I've never personally met him. Oh, I've met him many times. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. But, uh, Seems like it. he, so he's like there with a headset and a button down on this USAA commercial. And I just roll it back because or originally I was like, that's Forrest. And then <laughs> I get a little closer. I like came around from the desk <laughs> and like wrote, I rewound this uh, commercial. And at first it said Forrest in like Forrest with his last name initial. Hmm. And I was like, oh, is it not? But it, it's a dead ringer. And then I walked closer and it was Forrest M. And I was like, okay, M Miller. So I, I Facebooked her. She ended up sharing it, and it's like Jer Alcon and all yeah. the old Swahoo gang like Dang. tagged up on that one. So I'm looking forward to going and reading the comments. But he's featured in a USA commercial. Apparently, he's a a software engineer or uh, IT or I forget what he was, uh, some sort of engineering consultant or something for USAA. Okay. So and he did a great job in the ad. Like, in fact, the person right before him or two before him like totally flubbed the deal. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. They made it into the final cut. Yeah. I guess that they were the, the relatable USAA employee. Oh, and then got it. Uh, Forrest looked like he could have been a paid spokesperson. The champion. 
yeah, he's always had good hair. So yeah. shout out to the Millers. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Well, let's keep it going on this white bread podcast. Uh, <laughs> who's next? The Smiths? <laughs> uh, who do you think the next celebrity to die will be? Mm. Wait, has there already been? I just, who's I just mean most, in general. I don't mean from Corona. Who's the most uh, high profile person that's died? You're like not even from Corona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the most high profile uh, celebrity would be Tom Hanks. No, that's died. Oh, that's died. Yeah. And the Tom let's, Hanks has not died. Let's start putting the proof in the pudding. Why don't we? I don't know. Yeah. There's an NBA or whose mother is in a coma. Hmm. Don't remember the player, his mom's name or location, but thoughts and, uh, prayers. Thoughts and prayers to you, to you all and yours. Yeah. It, it's a weird business environment. I've been watching other people uh, reach out to me, like vendors of ours that we're engaged with, like their tone whenever they reach out for feedback or, you know, I had somebody reach out today because uh, a month ago, apparently I'd said, give me a month. And so today they said, it's been a month. <laughs> and it's funny because you've gotten all your product update emails. Here's what we're doing at, you know, Ugg Boots to ensure your safety. <laughs> right. And, this, you know, here's what we're doing at Heroku and Salesforce and Google and blah, 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 blah. Tell me why I got a Petco one and I don't even own a pet. Yeah. It's like, we're not related, but here you go. <laughs> yeah. um, come come get some imes. They're essential. <laughs> but the, uh, what was I going to say, Brad? You just derailed me. Sucker. Oh, the the tone of like, it's hard when you're reaching out to somebody that maybe you haven't connected with in two weeks yeah. since your last meeting. And you're like, hey, that whole initiative that we were going to do, like, <laughs> we still on? Are you alive? Like, are you sick? Like, yeah. you kind of have to throw in this, like, I've been throwing in, um, you know, understood if there's delays amidst this, you know, COVID-19 situation. Um, many of our customers are viewing this as a great time to to get on board with a platform like ours, but yeah. all businesses are different because, you know, some some people have told me, hey, we have more time, budget, and energy to spend on something like this. And others have said, you know, we are an essential service, essentially, and we're concerned about keeping our employees alive and well. And so it's been a weird time to try to strike a good accord of being maybe not an aggressive salesperson, but some, somebody that's, you know, going to follow up and mind their P's and Q's, but also understand the fact that, you know, your daughter could have contracted coronavirus this afternoon for all I know. And I could come across as totally tone deaf. So yeah, I don't know any, any, I guess more corporate or sales driven business type people, anybody that's in an account, you know, facing role, client facing role, that's a listener. I would love that feedback of, What's your template for, you know, being Johnny on the spot and on the ball during this time, but also like trying to practice some empathy in your email copy? Yeah. Just send like a thumbs up emoji or a thumbs down emoji if you're all right or not. Yeah. Speaking of tone deaf, there's B-Rad for you. <laughs> You'd crush yeah. it at business. You'd be like, you like the proposal? <laughs> thumbs got, up or down? You got that virus or no? <laughs> yeah. You got that virus you're trying to buy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, somebody ate a polygon a month ago and a pangolin oh, oh we you remember look it up episode 25 buddy That's our right. silver edition we've been making Those little am- armadillo amaryllis <laughs> yeah armadillo possum hybrids well i gotta tell you man 
I'm about ready to wrap this podcast. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to end on <laughs> pangolins. No, I feel like um, big shout out to Brock. Um, yeah, baby. Really appreciate. We we should make that a more. We should get more people to record snippets. Like we talked about Heston doing his flybox promo. Yeah, not just some... not just any of y'all listeners though. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like we have to ask you. Don't yeah. don't you dare approach yeah, we'll, us. We'll not. We'll knock on your door. <laughs> 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 well, for such a small audience we yeah. really like ostracize these people <laughs> we're calling them tots thoughts yeah. and bots we're yeah. like <laughs> we're not introducing concepts like a high level we're like let's just talk amongst the two of us <laughs> yeah anyway that's funny we should also get checkers and oh, if we I have her that. pre-recorded we know she won't swear <laughs> yeah yeah checkers if you're listening um we love you <laughs> to death sometimes i watch her story and i'm like i remember when she I'm first like, had does Facebook she have a lot of people controls blocked? and like she was so worried about you know parents following yeah, her checkers do you have people blocked on your instagram stories or you, <laughs> you just I, don't care <laughs> i watch her stories and then i'm like this isn't even like a close friend story yeah. and she's just like this effing thing did this effing thing like it's so i love it and also shout out to her because she has by far the largest vocabulary that is actually used yeah. in, in frank conversation of any of my friends Oh, and yeah, she swears like a sailor which we all do but you know not on this show yeah uh, you don't no you do <laughs> i think it you do with me no you do with whoa i thought you were touching me i was, had an itch it's the virus keep your social distance brah all right uh who you got who you got shout outs to um i want to shout out cameron burks i don't know if he's still listening but he's been on he's been in my thoughts i saw him post a picture of him and his wife and kids and um I think he, I think he is someone who who listens pretty steadily. So I just want to say, what's up, Cameron? Miss you, love you. Um, and again, shout out to Brock for uh, his his little snippet that that he sent in, and then also again Andy and Kaylee. Right on. Um, what you got? Huh. I'm trying to think. I mean, shout out to John. I hope he gets his power back on. Yeah, bro. During these trying times. Um, shout out to our friend Shelly. I saw her story today that she's officially had to postpone hairdressing activities oh. and her year is kind of taking a hit at the moment because she was going to go do some, some hair work in Italy. Oh man. <laughs> of all places. She had this beautiful, she was going to spend a week out there with, I think, uh, her makeup artist partner. And I don't, I'm not even sure what the exact situation was, but it was going to be, dress these people up for the day and then tour Italy as much as you want the rest of the time. And obviously that's, you know, she's concerned about the honeymoon at this point, which is, isn't slated until late November, early December. Um, so hopefully we'll get a, a reprieve before then, but you know, we're, we're planning multiple bachelor parties and weddings and all this stuff right now. And it's just been difficult because, you know, we're supposed to have Michael's in Vegas in September yeah, and um, tensively gonna miss Bo and Stephanie. My cousin Bo is marrying Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Um and uh <laughs> we uh I'm gonna miss that wedding because do you know them? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out Bo and Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, Mazel. Congrats. Um we're super excited. Um and I Bo Bo's been grinding. I, I heard that he's got this like I forget what he implementation or 
something that's got him traveling all over the nation doing stuff. So excited to see that. Um, I think he had several career paths kind of uh, charted and, you know, this is him really like stepping up and like he, he's got himself a big boy job and we're, we're all very excited that he's getting to marry Stephanie and got himself a big boy job and doing his thing in his chosen field. So shout out to them and all the family. Yeah, that's awesome. But at the same time, it's been hard to book flights or hotels because it's like we're going to be dealing with COVID and like possible extinction by that point, or right. we having a wedding, people. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like the same thing. Also, like it's like, do you still want to get married if all of this is going on? Like anytime stuff gets hard, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I'm like, can you imagine all of this plus a child? <laughs> like, no, screw that. For me, all the shade for that. Yeah. So I guess that was my roundabout shout outs. <laughs> um, Great, man. Shout out all medical workers, uh, anybody that's, you know, food industry who's, who's and, uh, you know, delivery services who are still making these runs. Um, Y'all are doing awesome, man. This. Yeah. This, shout out to everybody helping them too, connecting yeah. them with not for profits. And I live down the street from a, some sort of pantry center and every day. They have um, people out there with masks and gloves, you know, handing out food and just the, the rapid human response that we've seen, you know, breaking down the red and the blue and just, you know, getting people to come together, even though they're leery of each other, there's a, a severe craving for human interaction. And it's been awesome to see everybody out running and walking their dogs. I saw a girl taking a Zoom call in a hammock yesterday. Chilling. That was a first. Um, so... <laughs> You know, we're, I'm excited for the first dinner party back, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's something we can start looking forward to. Yeah. We should also come up with some sort of, I've been thinking about this. What if we did like a weekly catch-up podcast sponsored charitable initiative? What if we did mm. our own food drive or we did our own like soup kitchen volunteer hour where we went and we recorded some content. We told listeners to come out and meet us there. And we all do a group photo. We do some service. And yeah, we have like less than 10 f listeners anyway. So we'll still be following the rules. That's, that's not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just totally kidding. I love. <laughs> sorry, I took the steam out and I apologize. I think that's an awesome idea. Okay, great. I well, no, I love that. Well, we'll get back to you with Brad's holy shirt and pants concepts. <laughs> that <laughs> He'll be bringing to market, bringing to the charitable market. Um, wow. Look at me being just so great and you just taking a big old poo all over it no i you gonna poop right after this podcast like you did last week no nah, man I you got any reviews on my toilet paper dude you had like five rolls in there you're just hoarding them no i just <laughs> just bought five rolls i'm just messing with you man what'd you think about the thickness did uh, do it you was, good yeah better than you typically have to be honest Okay, well, that, that's kind of what I said. You don't have to remind everyone that you're like, Carson normally goes for the real cheap stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, it was great. It felt like a cloud. My uh, my, my parents have uh, a roll of John Wayne toilet paper in the guest bathroom. Mm. And they have for about 20 years. And the caption is, it's rough, it's tough, and it doesn't take crap off of anyone. <laughs> that's good. Ah, ja, 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 Classic. All right. Well, shout out to you, Tots. We appreciate y'all. Episode 25 in the books. Let's shout out to my man here. Do it, man. Awesome. Right. We'll catch y'all up next week.